Hello and welcome friends. You are now listening to the new grad physical therapist success blueprint audio experience. I am the host of this podcast, Javier Carlin, the founder of the new grad PT mentors, where we help new grad physical therapists like yourself to become confident clinicians, increase their worth as PTs and take control of their finances without burning out or needing 10 plus years of experience. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much. It means the absolute world to us. And if you have any questions at all, reach out to us at contactngptmentors.com. That is contactngptmentors.com. If you haven't already, make sure to join our free Facebook group, New Grad PT Mentorship, and follow us on Instagram at the New Grad PT Mentors. Thank you so much. Now on to the show. Are you feeling intimidated or overwhelmed by life after graduation? Do you feel like you're lacking the confidence needed to succeed post-grad? If so, in this episode, tune in to hear Dr. Amanda Painter, founder of Strong and Empowered's Up and Down Journey After Graduating PT School, and how she is overcoming those struggles by avoiding complacency and persevering through setbacks. Throughout her failures, she found her niche of helping others all over the country get through their aches and pains. All right. Welcome back to the New Grad PT Success Blueprint. My name is Javier Carlin, the founder of the New Grad PT Mentors. And today I have an amazing, amazing person, amazing human being. Her name is Amanda Painter. She's been a licensed doctor of physical therapy since 2014. She's worked in primarily outpatient orthopedic clinics in the Bay Area before doing travel PT for three years around the country. Amanda enjoys teaching future PTs about what options there are outside of the normal positions we learn about in school. She is currently starting an online-based telemedicine-based practice designed to help people learn about rowing on the water or on the rowing machine and empowering them to row without aches and pains. Amanda enjoys rowing, CrossFit, and choosing big adventures and training to meet those goals. She's recently started a podcast called the Ocean Rowing Podcast to document her journey to eventually cross the Atlantic Ocean in an ocean rowing boat. Damn, that's amazing. (laughs) I'm so excited to see that happen. Amanda, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we're going to get to that um, that last part, you know, towards the end of the podcast, Uh, but can you give the, glis- uh, the listeners a glimpse of your background and then just dive into your journey after graduating from PT school in 2014? Uh, deep in my background, like PT background? Um, you can talk about why you chose, you know, physical therapy. There was like a story behind that as well. Um, and then your experience throughout and then afterward. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't initially think I wanted to be a physical therapist. Um, I got injured like a lot of people and never went to PT. Uh, so I fell out of a tree in eighth grade and I broke my ankle and then I had one surgery, two surgeries. And then when I was in college, um, I had a third surgery and that was the first time I went to PT. Uh, but initially I actually thought I wanted to be a doctor, um, like an MD doctor. Uh, and I became an EMT when I was in college. Uh, and my goal there was to kind of get to know, uh, what the medicine side of things were. Uh, and what I decided was that being a doctor was not for me. Uh, and EMT really helped me decide that. So I was a volunteer, um, EMT or emergency medical technician, uh, at concerts and on my campus at, in California. And I found that I didn't like that, I was helping somebody, but then you sent them somewhere else and you never got to see them again and you had no idea 
how they ended up doing after you sent them away. Uh, so I didn't like that aspect. And then about a year later, I went to PT for the first time for another surgery. And I really liked how you worked together with the patient and the PT uh, to get yourself better and get you to whatever goal it is that you wanted to do. Um, and that's pretty much when I decided to be a PT. So while I was there, uh, I wasn't allowed to be an aide until I finished. So they hired me once they graduated me. Um, and then PT school, I actually thought I was not going to get in. Uh, I gave myself a three-year plan to apply. And if I didn't get in, I was going to apply again. I was going to try for three times. Uh, so surprisingly, I got in on that first time, which I did nice. not think was going to happen. Uh, and then went to PT school in California, Samuel Merritt University. Um, PT school was good, pretty uneventful. First year is hard, like everybody's yep. going to say. <laughs> uh, and then second and third, kind of got more free time, et cetera. Um, and then after PT school, uh, I actually... Uh, hey, first time talking about it to a lot of people. Uh, I actually failed my MPTE. Um, and that was really tough. That was probably the toughest part because you worked so hard to get into PT school. You worked so hard for three years in PT school. And everyone around you is getting into, is passing and able to get jobs. So I'm a really bad test taker. And I knew, I actually went in assuming I was going to fail. Hmm. Uh, and I did. Surprise, surprise. So I actually did not want a job right out of PT school because I knew that there was the possibility of failing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to have that, okay, I failed, now I lose my job. Uh, so I went a different route, didn't get a job, uh, and I did lift while I studied. So did something completely unrelated and different, which was probably good because it was different and I got mm -hmm. to study whenever. Um, and then from there, I found other people who I knew who actually also failed, uh, which was really comforting to know that I wasn't alone. Um, and we kind of met together and studied and whatnot, and then took the test again. I actually failed the second time, took a test the third time, and I actually passed. So that was exciting. Uh, so I passed eventually, uh, but I took a lot of studying. Um, and then from there I knew I was always an athlete, so I knew I wanted to do ortho outpatient. Um, and I went on the hunt for private ortho outpatient clinics. Um, and then I got a job right away and that was it. I love it. I love it. There's, I mean, there's so much to take out of that. And, and for me, you know, your story is very similar to mine in the sense of like, you know, wanting to go to medical school, uh, becoming an MD and, um, and realizing that that's probably not the path you wanted to go on. So it was the same thing for me. I never thought about, you know, even doing physical therapy until I, I was forced to kind of choose a different path. Um, but, and I didn't, and for you, you had a couple of like, what was the two or three experiences where you had to go to physical therapy. So you were exposed to it, which is kind of cool. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that didn't happen to me. I just kind of fell into it. Um, but I, I do enjoy it so much and I love it. And I think, you know, you said a few key things about when you failed, you know, the MPTE, like you felt you, it was comforting to know that you weren't alone. And I think that's a lot of the times like relating, relating this to like physical therapy, like our patients feel better when they know that it's just not them going through it and that they, they have been, there have been people 
like them that have been helped before. So um, it is nice to go through things with people who are kind of struggling with the same thing. And for you and I who are, you know, uh, going more of the business route and starting the online business, like it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy at all, but knowing that we're all like having the same, you know, struggles and internal struggles and am I good enough? Like, should I be doing this? Like, am I doing the right thing? Uh, and going through that with, with other people who, you know, are having the same thoughts makes, makes the ride a little bit easier. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there cause uh, it just reminded me of that so much. Um, but the fact is that, you know, you persevered, you took the exam three times, you, you passed and, and that just shows how, like how you know, how, how much power you have. And, uh, I know with everything that you're doing now in the future, like you're just going to kick ass at it. So I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. It's true. We just, we want to not be alone. You just want anybody to relate to, to know that they've been through it or they can relate to you. And once you have that, things get a lot easier. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. So, so, so you graduated from, uh, PT school, you got, you got your first job. What were you personally struggling with as a new grad PT? If you were struggling with anything? So where I worked, they actually had us go. So I was broken up between three different clinics. Uh, so I worked two days at one, two days at another, and then a weekend, pretty much every weekend at a different one. Um, and it was really tough to not have somebody to always kind of go to. Uh, so one of the clinics, I was pretty much just on my own. The other one, I had one person with me, but I was basically on my own. And then the other one had like 10 of us, but there was never anybody to be able to go through. I didn't have the get the guidance or the mentorship. Um, and I, I felt like I needed that. Um, and I felt like I was just kind of thrown to the wolves. Uh, and I didn't enjoy that. So at the beginning for me, it was just feeling confident, acting confident. And once I got that, things got much easier, but I felt like I was just, I took 84 con ed hours. I think my first year, uh, I was just searching for any guidance, any information I could pick up because I didn't feel like school gave me, and I was a year out at that point or a year ish. And I felt like I didn't have those skills that I felt I needed, whether I actually needed them or not. I don't know because uh, mm. it's the route I went. So I don't know whether it was right or wrong. Um, but I think that was the hardest part was not finding somewhere that had mentorship. I think it's key to find that uh, so that you have somebody who you can go to and trust and get an answer for those things you're uncertain of instead of just faking it to make it, which is what I felt I did. Yep. Yep. And and we can go on a tangent and, and talk about that this whole podcast, <laughs> but we won't. But it's it's just it's so it's so true. Um, it's kind of crazy because I thought it was only me and I thought it was only my school that didn't prepare me for like the real world uh, from a rehab standpoint. I don't think we were taught how to I, I don't think we were taught the art of rehab and rehabbing someone from day one to like you know, last day when they're at 150%, like we just, I, I didn't, ex I didn't get to experience that. Um, uh, I don't know why. I, I don't know if I, I thought it was just me, but I've been hearing that from quite a few people. And, um, you know, we come out of school with like three years of education, doctorate degree, and we still don't feel like we know what to do with anyone. It's kind of crazy. 
<laughs> I felt like I knew how to eval somebody once yes. I got confident with it, like, and the spiel and I'm good at talking to people and relating yes. to them. So I felt like I was solid then, but then once I figured out, okay, they have the answers to these, yeah. what do I do? <laughs> exactly. Like, where, where do I go from there? And then I might be really good at like the basic stuff, but I wasn't good at this like elite level thing. And I'm right. Like, I got nothing. So yeah. fill in the gaps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and it's crazy because we, you know, like you said, you, you went searching for, uh, you know, all these CEU courses to kind of like gain that clinical confidence. And do you feel like that? I'm sure it helped a little bit, but do you feel like that completely you know, got your confidence up to 100% where you, where you feel like, man, like I know, no. Okay. <laughs> oh no. Okay. okay. I, I was constantly searching. I mean, the next year I did 60 something EU CEUs. I still have probably 60 ish right now, five years out. Hmm. So I'm still searching. Yeah. Uh, and then now I'm just throwing myself into the business world of fake it till you make it kind of thing there. <laughs> I just can't get out of it. But I feel like I feel like if you're a good PT, honestly, you're never going to feel like you're good enough. I, yeah. I think that's my view is yeah. if you're constantly searching to be better and to be better for your patients, then you have that drive to learn. And if you have that drive to learn, then you will never fail your patients. So no matter what you're going to, you're going to feel like you don't know enough, but you're going to be better serving your clients as opposed to the PTs who feel confident right away they're probably not because they're not searching to make themselves better. So as long preach. as you search to make yourself better, you're good. Preach Amanda. Preach. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's, that's, it's, that's my view. Like if, so I, if I lose that drive, then I'm in trouble. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's, you know, it doesn't feel comfortable in the moment, but it's exactly what you said. It's like, like once you get comfortable, sometimes that, that, uh, you know, you, you become complacent essentially. And when you're complacent, it, it's just not good for yourself because you stop growing and it's not good for your patients and it's not good for anyone. So absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. Completely it's a good word. Complacent. Yeah. Complacent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, um, hopefully they're not listening to this podcast, but that's kind of how I felt at my first job. <laughs> that's kind of how I felt at my first job. Everyone was just really complacent. Um, you know, they learned what they learned their first year, second year, 30 out of school. And that was basically it, um, where I'm like you continuously looking to develop my skills and trying to figure out how to piece it all together with the, the clinical systems that I'm in right now, which work really, really well. Um, but it's always still good to learn, you know, like we've talked about because there's so much, so many new advances, um, you know, every year it's, it's amazing. Um, so it's, um, it's okay yeah. to have that shift too, though. So like right now, our shift is towards business ownership. Right. And that's okay. It's, it's still how to better serve people. It's just in a different aspect. Different and then way. maybe mm -hmm. in a year when we're in a different spot, then it's okay, let me go back to the clinical thing that I might need to improve upon. So it's just a shift, but we're yeah. still driving. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, so going back to... Um, so if you could go, you know, travel back in time to your first year out of PT school, what, what would you have done differently if you knew then what you know now? Good question. Um, in terms of anything, like, so mentorship, of course, was probably one that you would have like kind of seeked, I'm assuming. Um, mm -hmm. is, yeah. Anything else? Well, I feel like I even knew to seek mentorship. Okay. But I was just so happy to get a job after yes. failing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that it didn't really matter. 
Um, I should also probably say that the end of my PT program, I actually did a PNF residency. Okay. So I felt like I had a little bit of a confident skill. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that made that push. Um, I don't really know if I would have gone straight into owning a business right after. I don't know that I would have had the confidence and enough of the drive. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't know if I would have gone straight. I think if I hadn't met my um, boyfriend and husband at, at now, uh, if I hadn't met him in second year of PT school, I probably would have gone straight to travel. That's what I think. Okay. Um, but other than that, I don't know. I probably wouldn't have changed anything because I think I think the whole thing made me the way I am now. Exactly. I love that. Um, so... So you probably wouldn't have gone, you wouldn't have started your own business right out of school. So I know you, you know, you started your own business now. (laughs) What, can you tell us more about that, about the telemedicine based practice you're, you're currently working on? Yeah. Uh, So I am in the design phase. So I'm partially active and partially not. Uh, My goal is to be able to help as many people as I can. Uh, because so I did travel PT for three years. Uh, so I actually have licenses in six different places. Uh, and with the PT compact coming out, it'll be 20 something eventually. Uh, so my goal is to be able to reach as many people as possible. And I've picked a really, really tiny niche. And I think, so I live in Denver now, which isn't a huge rowing place. Um, I actually just joined the rowing club and did a lesson the other day. Uh, but it's not huge. So I think for me, for my niche, I think for me to be able to get out to more people, it is more beneficial for this to be an online based thing uh, where I can basically, my goal is to help people who either rowers who row on the water or uh, people are starting to use the rowing machines as their source of activity, uh, either to warm up for CrossFit. It's part of their CrossFit workout uh, or they're doing it instead of cardio and buying the machine for their house. And I think with that influx of people doing that, uh, no one's actually getting the training to row well and without pain. Um, And I'm seeing a drastic change in the differences between pain, what pains people have who are actual row people who row in the water and have had training Mm -hmm. versus people who have not and are just on rowing machines. And it's a, it's a drastic difference in what pains and aches they're getting. Um, And I think that that has a lot to do with not having training. So my goal is I'm creating a course right now to help people learn to row on the rowing machine um, and start with their programming and things like that. Uh, And part of that is also I offer basically telemedicine. So right now I'm helping about six different people on telemedicine um, and I can watch them on the rowing machine. I can help them basically just anywhere through camera. Uh, So I'm helping someone in Maine, someone in Washington, and that's cool. Be able to reach anywhere. That, that is, that is so cool. I I love that. And you know, you're going to have eventually hundreds, if not thousands of people that you're coaching. So (laughs) yeah, like I learned so much of the hands-on, like I did a PNF residency, like hands-on, right? Right. but I believe that like 95% of what we do is education. Mm -hmm. And as long as you can talk to somebody, like I definitely believe there's a a part for a hands-on skill and there are people who tell medicine does not work in which case, okay. Like I will refer you, I will find you somebody to go Mm. see. But I think that so much is people just not knowing who to ask things to, 
is it something I should push, push through? Is it something I shouldn't? People just like, think about your eval. You could have an eval and not touch anybody and they leave that room. We feel like we did nothing and they leave that room going, oh my gosh, that was the most amazing hour ever. Yep. And it was just education. Like you may not have touched them. So I believe that a lot can be done this way. And especially if I'm working on the rowing part and a lot of it has to do with form. Mm-hmm. Um, more so that can be done in a clinic where I don't have a machine type of thing. Right, right. No, I love it. And it's also, you know, com- convenience. And like you said, when there is something that you, you're like, you know what, I think you need X, Y, and Z. Like I know exactly like, you know, what you need and, and who you should go to as far as specialty. Like that in itself is, is I mean, you, you become a decision maker for that person. Um, and again, you're helping, you're, you have the ability to help so many people uh, from the comfort of your own home and from the comfort of their own home. So again, the convenience yeah. thing, but definitely I agree. Education is absolutely everything. I think I'm starting to notice more and more that, uh, you know, our jobs as physical therapists go way beyond the physical, physical aspect of it. We mm-hmm. actually have to like motivate and inspire and we're like little, um, you know, motivational speakers for our patients. Cause we have to kind of like, sure. we have to inspire them to move and inspire them to do things on their own and instill these healthy, active lifestyle habits so that once they finish with formal physical therapy, they continue to do that, you know, for years to come. And it's not easy. And it's like, none of us signed, like, like none of us signed up for it, but it's part of our our job. And if you're not doing that, then you're doing a poor job at your job. (laughs) So I I think that's why they push the goals being related to the patient. Yeah. Because if you make that activity goal related for them, then they find the reason to keep doing it. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, so what was, uh, so, you know, you, you have your, your business going, what was that, that driving force that finally kind of pushed you into starting a business? Cause I'm assuming like you weren't always thinking like, Oh, I'm going to be a business owner. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. So what was that for you? So I actually went to PT school thinking I was going to own a business. Oh, you did? Oh, okay, cool. Um, and I wanted to own my own outpatient thing. And then I kind of forgot about it for a little bit um, and then did travel and didn't think much of it. And actually, no, I lied. Uh, in travel, part of that goal was to be able to see how different clinics ran and what worked and what didn't work. Mm. So I almost used my travel as like market research okay, um, or and personal development research for how to own a business. Um, and then, so we ended up in Denver and I got a job, super exciting. Uh, but they only offered me part-time and apparently that's a trend where I live is they don't, they're not getting paid enough money. So they hire part-time and technically we're contractors, but I also just learned that technically it's illegal and I should have been an employee. Uh, but that's a whole nother situation, but I basically got a job. And they gave me like 13 hours of work. And I took the job with that. Uh, they knew that I wanted a full-time position and they were supposed to increase my hours. I stayed for literally to the day one year. And on that last day, I had 16 hours. So I increased by three hours wow. <laughs> over a year. Um, so that was very frustrating. Uh, about halfway through that um, is when I basically found out about Greg Todd and went to SSBT Live. And I walked away saying, or, so actually a month before that, I was planning on how to get out and how to open a spot in a CrossFit box. 
Um, my goal was to work with CrossFitters. I bought a table. I did like everything. Yeah. Uh, I went to the live event. I walked away and said, I'm not doing that. I'm starting an online <laughs> business and let's do it. Uh, and then I just started. Uh, and then from there, I for lasted about three more months. And then I went and said, hey, I'm quitting on September 1st because I, I can't deal with this anymore. So I just, they brought me to the drive to that point from not listening to what I wanted. Wow. And it was kind of forced upon me because I, yeah. I couldn't pay for anything. I couldn't help my husband. We bought a house. We got married and I quit my job all like in six months. And like, I, I couldn't deal with it anymore. Man. So that yeah. was it. Yeah, my that, job forced me into it. Your job, yeah, yeah, your <laughs> job forced you into it. I mean, that's that's great. That's an amazing story, and and good. Yeah, I'm, I mean, at the end of the day, like it, it sucks while while it's happening, but these are the kind of the stories that we'll look back and be like, man, like I'm so happy that happened to me. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, my view was like the pay for 16 hours and none. It it wasn't substantial enough to, and I was underpaid. So like, yeah. it it wasn't it didn't matter if just, I quit or not. Yeah. It just didn't make sense. <laughs> oh man, man. So, so, you know, I, I mean, I have a lot of fears. I'm like, I feel like everyone who, who jumps into business has, has fears and things that we struggle with. Like what, what fears did you have if, like initially before deciding to take that leap of faith? And then what fears do you, do you currently have? I, I'd like to hear them if you don't mind sharing those with me. Absolutely. Uh, so my fears initially were, how the heck do I do this? Yes. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I like, I'm driven. So if you give me goals, I will meet goals. Um, but I think that like what stopped me from opening my clint, like the thing in the CrossFit boxes was that I don't think it's truly what I actually wanted to do. Uh, but it took me a while to realize that like it took me three months of planning to do it. And I was just stuck on the, like, how do I go talk to somebody to get into their CrossFit box? Like that was literally the one thing holding me up. Hmm. I could do web page. I could do everything except the, how do I get into it? And I think that as I've been going, I think the reason for that was probably just fear of hmm. just not being good enough and just it being masked by that's the thing stopping me, but it was probably fear. Hmm. Uh, I think now my biggest issue is I don't have as many deadlines because I don't have someone holding my hands. Yep. <laughs> uh, and two, you. imposter syndrome. I mean, that, that's like my theme. Um, I just feel like I'm never good enough. Um, so I actually was initially starting a different business. And two and a half months ago, I decided to switch to this rowing one, which I'm much more uh, into. And I think that that's made a big difference. Um, it's been easier to find people, to talk to people. Uh, but at the same time, I, I felt like my other one, I was more of an imposter. I feel like now I actually kind of know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm the first physical therapist going into uh, rowing, teaching people to row. So there's a PT I know of in Seattle who is working with rowers who row in the water. She works with a, a, a I forget a club, uh, but no one's doing it online. I'm the first person trying to get out there to teach people to do it. And I, that doesn't actually make me super nervous. What makes me nervous is that I could be an authority and mm. it's kind of cool, but it's a different level of imposter. Whereas before I was working in the weight loss realm and I felt like I could never be like all these people who are doing amazing. 
now I feel like, wow, I could be, so I'm scared. So I think that's my difference. So it's the, the fear. Initially, it was a fear of failure, and now it's the fear of success? Yep. What happens, <laughs> what happens if I blow up? Isn't that <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And funny enough, I've been thinking the exact same thing. It's like, do I really want to, like, force myself to do all this stuff? What if I blow up? What if everyone starts depending on me? What if everyone's looking at me all the time? Like, I don't want to be famous. <laughs> I'm at that, like, in between where I'm, I'm scared of failure because I haven't done anything yet, but I'm also scared of if I succeed. So I don't know what will happen. Man, we <laughs> screw ourselves up. Our mind is... What the heck? <laughs> but you see, it goes back. It goes back to what we spoke about in the beginning. Like, it feels nice, doesn't it? Feel nice to know that I'm feeling the same way as you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Always um, good to know you're not alone. Exactly. Exactly. So no, I'm I'm excited for you know where we're gonna be a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, five years from now. It's a long term game. It's not easy, but um, but I think. It's like just deciding to become that person from now, even though it's not easy, because we don't even know what that's going to look like for us. Um, but definitely, I, I completely resonate with that. Um, and if you're listening to this right now and you're kind of feeling the same thing, then just know that you're not alone. You're not alone. And you can always reach out to us. Uh, either of us, I know we're, we're very happy and open to, to speak to anyone listening to this podcast about uh, some of the same, you know, struggles and, and fears that, that you have. Because more likely than not, like we, we either have gone through them or are currently going through them as well. But you have to just keep on pushing forward. And that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, definitely. So uh, what... Um, what advice, what is, what advice would you give to a new grad PT, uh, you know, who, who may be struggling with uh, clarity, direction, uh, like within their career and who might be feeling in whatever realm they're, they're in, like who might be feeling some imposter syndrome uh, as well? Uh, it's part of the job. It's part of the game. Yeah. Uh, you probably will always, if you're in that realm of never feeling good enough, then you're always going to feel like an imposter. Hmm. So as long as you're pushing yourself and you're trying to learn and you're trying to be better, you're doing good. We just don't feel like we're doing good. And that's the key. So yeah. you're, we're doing more. Just look at your patients who are getting better. Look at your patients who come in and they smile and they tell you a good story and you've changed something for them and you felt like you didn't do anything, but you made a huge change for them. And just remember those moments and those people and just keep trying to get better. I think that's my, my best advice. Yeah. I, yeah, I love that. And I think it comes with like being present. I'm so future focused that, <laughs> that I'm always thinking yeah, about, <laughs> I, yeah, way too, I'm way too focused. Um, that I'm always like, my mind's always running and with my patients, like I, 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 I'm with them, but sometimes I do catch myself drifting and, and that, I think that's one of the reasons why sometimes you feel like you're not good enough is because if you're not there with them and you're not noticing like the success that they're having and you're not, you know, celebrating those small wins with them, then you'll, it, you'll, it's so crazy how we so easily forget like the impact that we're having on these people. So I think, I think that's great advice, even for myself. I mean, I'm still, I, I still consider myself a new dad. So I appreciate that advice. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm the person who was, I wouldn't do any note taking in the room with them. I was a hundred percent like with them. Yes. And I still just didn't feel good enough. Yeah. And I would, I would walk away. I'd come home and I'd go, 
yeah, I'm just BSing my way through this. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. And I still like now I, now I feel a little bit more like I know what I'm doing uh, to the point where I will give advice to family where as the beginning I was like, I don't know anything. I'm, I, I have a no family rule. And now like I feel confident enough. So it'll come. You just got to keep pushing through it and you're never going to feel good enough. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, um, what are your biggest, so I'll ask you first what your biggest goals are for 2019 and then we'll talk about your, your big, big goal. Uh, so 2019. Okay. We are in 2019. Yes. (laughs) Uh, My biggest goal is to actually get my business up and running and to have clients. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. That's a great goal. Uh, I have a very short goal. (laughs) Um, it gets, more specific but in general that is my goal is be up and running have a little bit of people knowing me and just have some people willing to work with me yeah i love it it's it it could be that simple and it's not and it sounds simple (laughs) enough oh yeah easy to do it's not (laughs) it took me eight months and i still haven't done anything (laughs) hey 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 it's all right you're you're one step closer than you were yesterday that's for sure that so, is true yeah baby steps baby steps um yeah. all right so now I'll talk about your your big big goal um and and really and then we'll kind of you know let people know where to find you so they can follow you on that journey to that big goal <laughs> uh so uh my goal is in three years I'm going to hike to Mount Everest base camp which I don't think of as much but apparently some people do uh, lots of people do this. Like, yeah, I think like every month there's 30,000 people hiking to there. Uh, <laughs> um, and then my four year goal is I want to row solo across the Atlantic ocean. Um, so I'm currently basically documenting it. And, um, since it's a pretty much it's December, 2022, so since it's a far out plan, I'm pretty much at the beginning. I haven't even signed up for it. Um, and I'm, I'm a, I like to process things and I like to think things through. Whereas a lot of people just like sign up and do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am not that person. So I am like, how do I get fundraising? How do I get the money to do this odd thing? Like, how do I do all these steps to get there? Uh, so I'm basically just talking to as many people as I can who have road oceans, uh, and just kind of trying to share my story. Cause the hardest part, honestly, is finding information on this. Uh, a lot of people hike Everest, not a lot of people row across oceans. Hmm. Uh, so most of the people that do are actually in the UK and just getting in from, like, if you were to go search, like how to hike Mount Everest, you will get like a hundred sites and they will all tell you, if you search how to row an ocean, you will get like three and it's like useless. <laughs> so my goal is to basically provide a source for people to get information. I love that. Oh, that's going to be so cool. <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be like the go-to person person you're gonna be like the authority you're gonna be like super successful well, <laughs> it, it works well with my desire to work with rowers yes, and like ocean cool. rowing and rowers are two different things yeah uh, most people who row an ocean haven't rowed okay. uh some have but most don't and so yeah so it's an interesting way to bring it together and in four years people will definitely know me yes uh, but yes. for now they can get to know me as I'm getting ready. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, I think, I think what you'll do too is for those who don't 
do the ocean rowing as much, um, you'll probably get them to want to do what you're doing. Cause I, I think, uh, it's, it's incredible. And, and I know how, so how many people do that a year? I know you told me, um, I actually don't know the number. Okay. I don't know the number. I want to say, so in the race that I'm going to do, I want to say it's like 50 Yeah. and it's once a year and then there's another race. So it's probably like a hundred ish a year. Okay. Um, just a few years ago, it was less people than I've been to the moon, but wow. I don't know when that actually was cause it was yeah. in a book. Yeah. <laughs> How many miles is that? Uh, 3000 miles oh. and it ends up being like 3,500. Whoa. And you is, have to go like this. How many, uh, how many, how many weeks, how many months, how many years? <laughs> <laughs> years? Not years. Good question. Uh, so for me doing it by myself, uh, I am planning on it taking between 70 and a hundred ish days. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Holy cow. So I just talked to somebody, uh, so I made a podcast about this and I just talked to somebody who she was in a three, uh, she was in a trio with, um, all females and they had problems with their boat and they finished in 61 days. Just Whoa. to kind of give you an idea. Whoa. Yeah. Man, that is nuts. <laughs> you go, girl. Thanks. I, I'm going to be rooting from you, for you from the other side. <laughs> Sounds right. You know, you can go get a drink, sit on the beach. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully by that point, who knows, maybe, you know, I'll, you know, the business will blow up so much that I'll be able to sit on the beach for two months waiting for you to yep. cross the ocean. <laughs> uh, I'm holding you to that. <laughs> Actually, okay, perfect. Yes, let's do it. I love it. I love it. Amanda, thank you so much. It's been it's been a great time. I had a lot of fun. Uh, where where can people find out more about you? I know you you know the podcast, of course. Go ahead and just mention the name again, and anywhere else that people can you know uh, follow you on your journey. Uh, so let's see. I'm mostly on Instagram, uh, okay. the rowing doc with periods between each word. So the dot rowing dot doc, uh, and then. I do have a Facebook page, Amanda Painter, The Rowing Doc, um, but that's currently, hopefully when this comes out, it'll be fixed. I'm having issues at the moment. Uh, and then I have my podcast, The Ocean Rowing Podcast, um, oceanrowingpodcast.com, and that brings you to my main page, amandapainter.com, and that's pretty much it. Lots of ways to contact me. I'm always willing to talk to people. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank uh, you. Thank you, listeners. Uh, this was a fun one. Uh, go ahead and share this out uh, with anyone you think would be uh, interested in listening to uh, Amanda's story and following her on her journey. Thanks. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the New God Physical Therapist Success Blueprint. If you have any questions or would like to speak to us directly about your New God PT experience, please do not hesitate to contact us at contactngptmentors.com. That is contactngptmentors.com. As always, we welcome you to join our free New Grad PT Mentorship group on Facebook. And we'd also like to invite you to follow us on Instagram at the New Grad PT Mentors. If you can think of at least one person who can benefit from listening to this episode today, please be sure to share it with them. We look forward to seeing you and them on the next episode of the New Grad Physical Therapist Success Blueprint. Thank you. Have an amazing day.